Yo, and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering, do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? Because we do, and you can too when you're stuck inside because it's on YouTube. Oh, she's Shady Lane over here. She's making songs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not musical whatsoever. <laughs> Welcome to, what, day day 10 of quarantine isolation times? Uh, I, I think I've been in for about uh, 16 days, 16 days now. Yeah. Yeah. Thereabouts. So it's a long, long time. And so we're doing, this is our first podcast we're doing over Zoom. Yeah. The real benefactors of, the, of this whole pandemic. They're stuck. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's up. You might say it's Zooming. Oh, Christ. What are we looking at today? Today, we're looking at season one, episode 14, Count on Me. Now, in the U.S. run, this was actually the start of season two, um, because the U.S. ran this in four seasons. So this would have been the start of season two, which is kind of weird, because that would have meant the last episode was like a season finale. Uh, Nothing really happened to close it off. Um, So we're going to be following the Canadian run of things, which ran the show in two seasons. So this will count as our season one, episode 14. Yes. So this initially aired November 28th, 2003. It was directed by Harvey Crossland. He has credits directing for Ghostly Encounters, Murdoch Mysteries, of course, and some TV Christmas movies. And it was written by Jane Ford and Paul Pogue. They worked on the series Material World, which was a CBC sitcom of the early 90s as producers and writers. Um, Ford was an EP on Working with Angles, which was a 2014 sitcom starring Andrea Martin. And Polk was a writer on The Ron James Show and an executive story editor on Little Mosque in the Prairie. I do love that you can tell you're in the Canadian film and TV industry when you've worked on Murdoch Mysteries and Christmas TV films. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the two genders in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have any guest stars this week. It's no. Just, just our crew. It's just the crew. It's just the gang. At one point, we should dive into the world of Janelle Williams. I did see yeah. her on Schitt's Creek a, c- a couple weeks ago, which was She was great. on Schitt's Creek. She was the the chef prepping the food for David's wedding. Yeah. Man, she had like two lines, though. I'm like, Janelle, she's so good. Give her more lines. <laughs> give her more lines. Give her more lines. Hashtag give Janelle Williams more lines. That's all we ask. <laughs> I think I understand why they call it a flea market. So the gang is hanging out at Mickey's, having just gone to a flea market. Lily has found a sweet amp, while Travis has just found, like, a a box of trash. For the last time, I wanted a Japanese anime comic. It was an all-or-nothing proposition. A Japanese anime comic. Ah! It's called a manga, Travis? (laughs) We get a good look at exactly what was in this flea market box later in the episode, and, and there's some real gems. So while the gang is rifling through their flea market finds, Mickey comes up and mentions it's inventory time once again, and he asks if any of the gang is interested in part-time wages. So, how about it? No, thanks, Mickey. Last year, you told me you loved doing it. Mickey, look at yourself. You're a huge man. What else am I going to say? So Robbie and Travis are rifling through their box of finds when they spot Kim talking on her cell phone walking through Mickey's, and she makes a snide comment about their box of flea market stuff. Disease in a box. How quaint. Travis assures Robbie that there's all sorts of treasures in the box, including he pulls out this clump of, like, 
fake hair and just chases like, Robbie around with it. Tiny little like fake bang kind of like gr- gross little clump of hair. And he just chases Robbie all around Mickey saying, Robbie, it wants to be your friend. It's like very goofy and fun. But he ends up chasing him all the way over to where Lily is testing out her new amp. Uh, bumps into Kim. Kim pushes Robbie and Robbie stumbles onto the amp and busts it. Yeah, he like steps in it. It's so bad. So now that they have to repay Lily for breaking her amp, Travis and Robbie are uh, looking to Mickey for that job. You know, Robbie, I was thinking I might try out for the school talent show. Oh, right. I can't because I don't have my amp. Back at the high school, Lily is feeling petty as hell. Yes. The gang is hanging out and Kim is doing her usual broadcast of Cougar Radio, basically using it to dunk on thrift shopping. Now, recently RFR did a show on where to get stuff cheap. It's fun to have Kim back. Yeah, we missed Kim. You definitely had that shirt. Oh my god, I know. Kim's wearing this very stripy purple turtleneck that was totally my style all, as a all young All three queen. of those things were Sammy's favorite things yeah. in style. yeah. Wearing a gray cardigan as well. Oh, and for the record, I don't accept gifts unless it comes with a receipt. And it better be a big one. So that becomes the subject of the day on the RFR broadcast later that afternoon. Roscoe High's own material girl wasn't short on material. Yeah, and I especially loved how she implied that you can put a price tag on giving. And Travis is going through his box of stuff. And Robbie tells Travis to stop goofing around with the box of stuff because they have to go to do inventory work at Mickey's. And Travis says he's got another way to raise the money for Lily's amp. I interrupt this song to ask you to join us at 8 p.m. on RFR for our first on-air auction. Robbie gets upset and says, you can't just use the station for your own personal gain, (laughs) which is like... It's kind of the whole reason the station exists. Yeah, and like I feel like they've all done that already. Like Lily oh, yeah. used it for her political campaign. Robbie used it when he had a crush on Judy, and he just used it yeah. to like, talk to her. He used it to talk about his freaking torpedo scores over and over again. <laughs> Piss baby Robbie. Yes, pissy baby Robbie is a bit of a hypocrite sometimes. But aren't we all hypocrites when we're 14? But we're gearing up for, for some good Travis content as he hosts an auction of junk. What's the weirdest thing you've ever found at a thrift store? I saw like an un... It was unopened, so I'm sure it was fine. But it was like a box of like two tampons. Uh Oh, just two? Yeah. Looked like probably like a sample size from some sort of thing. And it looked very like 90s-ish packaging. So yeah, if you ever wanted ancient tampons... I, I think of it's not a thrift store, but there is a store that we really like in Grand Bend called the tender spot yes and it is such a strange hodgepodge of things and every time that i've gone there in the past couple of years i've been able to find like original release like late 90s hunchback of notre dame toys in like their very faded old cardboard i have so many questions about when those toys got there how long they've been there why they're there it's it's such a fascinating place because you get like kind of recent toys, but then you get stuff that's like clearly been there for 20 years. Yeah, so all you Hunchback of Notre Dame heads, make sure to hit up the tender spot in Grand Bend, Ontario. Because the Hunchback of Notre Dame is all about consumerism. Oh, yeah. 
I think that's probably one of the strangest Disney movies you could like collect toys for. Because I love that movie. And like, I I don't feel any desire to have any merchandise related to it. Thrift shopping is honestly one of my favorite things to do. And it's so fun. When, when we're allowed to congregate again, I am definitely hitting up Talese as soon as possible. Yes, I, I was so excited to, to thrift shop at the start of the spring and then... That didn't exactly become an option. <laughs> Dang, viruses always messing up my thrift shopping. <laughs> I was messing up my thrift shopping. I just wanted to get jeans. Yeah. Although thrift shopping for jeans is the ultimate dilemma. This is, this is uh, I guess, one of the benefits to being at home is you just wear pajama pants all the time. Yeah. It's no, it's no big deal. Nobody's looking at your pants on your Zoom call. Yeah, I mean, you can be business up front, party in the in the pants. Party in the pants. <laughs> pants party. Pants party 2020. It's a 2020 will be remembered for. It's the pants party year. <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing else has happened. That's the epidemic that swept the world. It's pants party. Matchbox 20 goes where? <laughs> it's easy under the M. Yeah, right. It goes under the N. N for a number in the name, right there. I will note, we can see some posters up in Mickey's discs, and there's one directly behind him that's like kind of a, I guess, concert or festival lineup, and has the Planet Smashers on it. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Our resident RFR ska band. Oh, look. Here's your helper. Robbie is finally getting the hang of Mickey's weird organization system when his helper walks in and we find out that he's going to be pulling this shift with none other than Kim Carlisle. Oh, the tension is high. There's a lot of animosity going around. They're just trying to avoid each other. Robbie goes to put on the radio, naturally to RFR. Kim, of course, shuts it off and asks him how he could like RFR because... She hates them, and they were obviously talking shit about her on the station that day. Which is funny for her to say. It's like, how could you like them? Didn't you hear what they said about me? It's like, but Robbie doesn't like you. <laughs> Why would he's, he be bothered? He's, not on, he's never been on your side. Of, of course he would side. You openly don't like each other. Meanwhile, Travis is getting the auction underway. One of the first items is a My Pretty Horsey. The first call they get is like this very, like, fake high-pitched like kind of old lady voice i would like to bid six dollars please and lily quickly catches on that it's ray just kind of like hiding in the station calling in on his cell phone and when he gets called out and the person he's competing against calls in again ray comes in dings the bell that calls off the end of that auction and says i win i win Travis is pissed because he says that the DJs themselves aren't eligible for the auction. And Ray says, well, you would want it if if you would do the same if it was something you really wanted. And Travis is all like, Buddhism is against the collection of objects. But it's like, Travis, you the whole reason you have this stuff is because you collect Japanese anime comics. But He just you know. wanted a Japanese anime comic. I know. So we leave the first half of the episode with Robbie and Kim kind of facing off. Very tense situation as they're trying to sort through Mickey's inventory together. And the auction is now in full swing. And we'll see how both of those situations end up teasing themselves out. But for now, we're going to hop over to our CanCon commercial break. 
today's CanCon commercial break is a classic game show. Now, there's not that many shows that come to mind when you think classic Canadian game show. And I feel like there's even less when you think classic Canadian kids game show. Jody, what show do you think of? I think of uh-oh, uh-oh. Yes, today we're talking about uh-oh. Uh-oh is a Canadian television game show created by Rick Watts and Frank Young. Following a sneak preview at YTV Psychoblast on August 16th, Uh-Oh aired from August 22nd, 1997 to April 19th, 2003 on YTV, and it was a spin-off of the popular variety show It's Alive, which also aired on YTV. Uh-Oh was part of It's Alive's game show segment during its third season, but existed as a parody during its second season. As of 2019, Uh-Oh is the third longest-running show on YTV behind Hit List and Video Arcade Top 10, wow. both of which we'll have to talk about at oh, some absolutely. point. Um, those two aired for 14 and 15 years, respectively. Jesus. Which I, yeah, I know. For its entire run, Uh-Oh was taped at Global Television in Toronto, Ontario. Oh, hell yeah. Uh-oh was this awesome kids game show, iconic for so many reasons. Your basic structure of an Uh-oh episode is you'd have two rounds of competition with uh, the slime tour in between. So you have your host, Wink Yahoo. And now, a guy who takes the time to stop and chew his toenails, Wink Yahoo! You had these, like, iconic sparkling jackets and this giant, like, foot-long, like, bouffant of hair that apparently, according to a Vice article, he would have to, like, hang upside down with a hairnet, a blow dryer, and ice mist hairspray in order to, like, make the hair work because he had this giant thing of hair. Yeah. Basically, you'd have three teams of two kids. You'd have your red team, your green team, and your blue team. And essentially, they would all take turns spinning this wheel. And the wheel would determine what they would do for that round. So the wheel had categories like speed round, where you would go and answer questions as quickly as possible to try and earn points. Win and spin, you would win some points and spin again. Lose and spin, you'd lose points and spin again. Trade and spin, where you could trade points with another team and then get another chance to spin. Mayhem, which was always some kind of gross game (laughs) run by a couple of the other folks on the show. The, the dump, which is where you'd put, like, a ball into um, one of those little crane dump games or whatever they're called. And, of course, uh-oh. And uh-oh is where Wink Yahoo would ask you a multiple-choice question while your teammate would be- get put in this chamber. And if you got the question wrong, your teammate would get slimed. Essentially, they'd get, like, shit dumped on them by... The Punisher. Punisher, Punisher! Control! What do you remember of the Punisher, Jody? The Punisher was like a leather gimp. (laughs) I know! He's like a leather guy luchador dude who like just loved dumping slime on children. (laughs) And he he would always like say some sort of like gross, scary thing before he dumped the slime. Loop that he loops make me sick. Oh wow. And he's just like fully in black leather. Like so not freaking weird. Not even saying it grossly, sliming children. Yeah. Like, what the hell? 
there's so many things about the show that don't make any sense, but they kind of come together to form this bizarre, iconic kids game show. God, the late 90s were really big into slime and kids They shows. were, yeah. And like YTV's like station ID in general tended to be really gross. Like it was always like, keep it weird. And then yeah. you have things like sneezing on each other and stuff. Well, even I feel like that's like a big thing in like the, the Nickelodeon sort of branding. Like the Kids' yeah. Choice Awards, that's like the big thing is that celebrities get like slimed. That's true. Yeah. Actually, um, kids so- Kids love slime. Unless kids- you're that one guy reviewing Martin Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it's true scott yaffe who's the actor who plays wink yahoo unfortunately his real name isn't wink yahoo Fuck. um there was a great vice article a while back where he kind of recounted some of his memories and he actually had some stuff to share about the slime so this is from the vice article for yaffe his standout memories of slime also have a lot to do with smells they had to make so many vats of it because they had to prepare for every kid who's spinning the uh-oh wheel to land on uh-oh, Yaffe recalled. We would shoot four episodes a day and we would do it for two straight weeks. The goop would sit in a room for the next day so the stench would pick up, he said. <laughs> no. At the end, yeah, at the end, the kids would say, you reek, get away from me, you smell like vomit. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> they stank. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's nasty. It's nasty. It's it was honestly it was a pretty grody show. Like yeah. the mayhem stuff, you would like often have to like fish through some sort of like slime concoction in order to yeah. like find in one of those things. like inflatable kids' pools just full of shit. Yeah. So in between the first uh, and second round, you'd have what was called the slime tour, which was ki- always kind of neat. It was basically this sort of traveling part of the show where they would do a mini uh-oh with three different teams of kids it was run by slime master sean aka sean majumder who was later known for being one of the main folks on this hour is 22 minutes for oh. several years which is kind of neat what a legacy I-, I know and it was like the slime tour went all over the freaking place i'll just list off some of the the cities that they went to so they went to banff Charlottetown, Drumheller, Fredericton, Halifax, Saskatoon, St. Denis, Victoria, Brandon, Cornerbrook, Louisburg, St. John's, Sudbury, Thunder Bay, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Kamloops, Medicine Hat, Montreal, Moose Jaw, Quebec City, Barrie, Kamloops, Kelowna, Lunenburg, Moncton, Penticton, St. John, and Yarmouth. So they really went all over the place. Damn, they went to Drumheller. I know. And it was cool. They would get like, like, you know, folks from the local high schools and stuff yeah. to like out and cheer. And I remember the commercials fun. for for the slime tour. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was cool. So they'd have this little kind of live segment in between, and then they'd go back to the second round, which was more of the same. Except you might not have trade and spin on the first round, but now the second round has trade and spin on the wheel and stuff, and the wheel looks a little bit fancier, and. um yeah, they were always competing for some really fun prizes that are just a snapshot of the time. I made a list of some of the ones I really oh, liked. Hell yeah. Yeah, like Timex watches was a big one, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, if it was a digital watch. God, like there was nothing I wanted more when I was 
10 or 12 than a digital watch. And then I got one and I managed to lose it somehow. <laughs> I, I know NYC Cosmetics is on that list because that was oh, what yeah. I wanted, baby. It was like you could get like a, a whole supply of NYC Cosmetics, oh, which my is like gosh. the cheapest thing that you can get at Walmart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your shopper's drug mart brand, baby. Our grand prize winners will express themselves in the half pipe and terrain park or cars from extreme turns to their favorite ski hill with a pair of snowblades by Solomon. Solomon, the number one name in mountain sports equipment. And of course, all the audience members would get hubba bubba bubble gum. Oh. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. It's great. And some some kids would get boppets too. Oh, hell sick. yeah. Yeah. Boppets. So good. God, I wish I had a boppet right now. I know. That's what I need in isolation. Just a bop yeah, it. Yeah, just a bop it that you can pass to yourself back and <laughs> forth. <laughs> I'm going to get real good at it, guys. It's so good. So good at bop it. So much hand-eye coordination, you don't even know. <laughs> so that's the show itself. It's it's definitely got a pretty great legacy. Scott Yaffe today still does a lot of appearances and stuff. I got to meet him at Forest City Comic Con a couple years ago. He came out to our local Comic Con here a couple times. He had a couple of his jackets on display. He didn't do the hair, which, you know, was kind of sad, but it's understandable after he explained what went into it. <laughs> Just lots and lots of hairspray. Which, I don't know if you can find Ice Mist anymore, at least not in name, but it's made by Joyco. So if you want the Wink Yahoo experience, get a can of Joyco hairspray, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was great. At Forest City Comic Con, they had like a, they did an uh-oh live thing where they didn't have slime. They had like confetti that they were dumping on people, but they totally did like the, the multiple choice thing. Uh, Wink would always do this little thing whenever he'd pull up his quiz cards. He would do this little like boop. You get it right, 50 points. You get it wrong, your red partner is getting it on the head. It was a lot of fun. These days, Scott is doing a lot of like his his big thing is doing like Reiki and uh, oh. sort of spirit healing. Oh. I want a Reiki session from Scott. Hell yeah. Yeah. You totally can too. I think he does it over the phone. Um so if any of Very you are out safe there, in these trying times. Yeah, totally. So if you want to yeah, get get some Reiki healing from from the slime master himself, you should totally get in touch with Scott Yaffe. We actually did a uh so I'm part of a publication here in London, Ontario called London Fuse, and one of our contributors actually interviewed him about the whole um about his interest in Reiki and stuff. And yeah, that's his big thing now. So go get your spirit healed by the host of Uh-Oh. It'll be a good time. I did find a pretty great review of Uh-Oh on IMDb. And there's a specific reason I wanted to share this one. Uh, at the, and it's at the end. You'll, you'll know right away. Okay. So the title of this review is Every 10-Year-Old's Dream Game Show Aside from Jeopardy. <laughs> it's a nerdy 10-Year-Old. Uh, <laughs> right. It's... Uh, Review is by the Light Triton 12, and it's from January 2006. Wink Yahoo, a name I'll probably never forget. He was probably the craziest game show host for a game show. He always made dumb jokes, which could raise the smiles of seven-year-old boys everywhere. And back then, they usually won some really cool stuff that's outdated now. But still, it's a show not to be forgotten that every 10-year-old boy dreams of being on. There's three teams, a big wheel, and several challenges that Double Dare never thought up. Each team gets two turns to spin the wheel. 
and they can land on several spaces like win and spin, lose and spin, trade and spin, mayhem, uh-oh, and a few others I forgot about. Anyways, after the first round, they watch a clip from some distant city across Canada, making a bet of which team they think will win. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah. so they bet on they bet on the slime tour teams. Um, and then it's the final round with Uh-Oh Deluxe, a bonus 75 points for getting a correct answer, and a double dropping of food coloring and jello mixed with water. So if you really, really, really like silly game show action with a host that looks like the bass player for Billy Talent, watch this. <laughs> so you know as soon as there was an Ian DeSaw reference, I had to put it in our podcast. It all comes back. That's <laughs> all hilarious. comes back to Ian DeSaw. That's hilarious. Yes, it's very good. Oh. And uh, of course, there's a change.org petition for this. One. Oh, it only yes. had 10 supporters, unfortunately. So here's a change.org by Ben Mason. YTV released DVD Blu-ray box sets of It's Alive and Uh-Oh in North America. It's Alive is one of my all-time favorite shows on YTV. It needs to be released on DVD and Blu-ray as a box set because it's one of YTV's best. Also, a DVD and Blu-ray box set of Uh-Oh, which was spun off from a sketch on It's Alive, also needs to release in North America. This includes all four seasons of It's Alive and all six seasons of Uh-Oh. There's a blog site based on the game show Uh-Oh. To find out more, visit their site at uhohgameshow.ca slash blog. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. And that link is dead. Oh, no. <laughs> but there is a fan site that is also mostly dead, although you can see their front page. It's ucities.org slash YTV Uh-Oh. It has a pretty great Uh-Oh gif. Um, and my favorite thing is at the top of the page, first of all, this website is very basic. It's basically just text on blank with an Uh-Oh animated gif. It's It's got the info organized in a table, so you know where it's at. Oh, good. It was last updated in 2002. Um, so the the top line of this website says, I have it on good authority that there will be a sixth season of Uh-Oh. Be sure to check out the season six changes for an internet news exclusive. And then the next line is, unfortunately, I no longer have enough time to continue updating this site. No further updates will be done. I will still gladly answer your emails. Oh, Aww. what a turn. What a turn. My yeah. goodness. Can you find episodes about Oh online? You can. There's a there's a YouTube channel called YTV Retro that has uh, a bunch of Uh-Oh episodes. So you can definitely watch it and relive it. And yeah, I mean, still tons of people love it. When I went to Uh-Oh Live at the Forest City Comic Con, it was a pretty full room of folks. And there was quite a lineup to go and meet Scott Yaffe. I met him and got a picture with him and bought an uh-oh shirt and every time i wear it people were like oh my god were you on the show I'm like, no <laughs> i was too young and too afraid of slime <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my tinder bio yes i'm young and dumb and afraid of slime oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> the implications uh. <laughs> Yes, so that's uh-oh, everybody. Uh, Do you have any any final thoughts on uh-oh? So good. I just, I remember watching it very fondly, getting very excited for the prizes that I would never win. And the same the same kind of feeling that I would have when I watched um, Jungle Run, which was not a Canadian show, but another really great, like, kids game yes. show at the time. Like, just getting so excited about, like, the possibility of winning, like, a portable DVD player. <laughs> the luxury as a child. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, it was really fun and fun to watch. The Punisher was terrifying. I don't know why he was a part of it. They could have, that could have been anyone else that could have 
it could have just not been in all black leather and maybe that would have helped but he's he's truly yeah. a terrifying visual oh yeah oh his his scary stuff i did have one more thing to share uh when i was finding out about you know uh-oh's legacy today there was apparently a burlesque show at a theater in vancouver is uh-oh a ytv burlesque show featuring scott yaffe aka wink yahoo this was a couple years ago fucking they excuse did a- me they did a fucking burlesque show of, no. of uh-oh. Uh, let's see here. The tickets were $20 advance, 25 at, the do- uh, 25 at the door, and for $30, you could get Splash Zone tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to get glitter bombed, slimed, and attacked by the Punisher. <laughs> Straight up murdered. Yeah, straight up murdered. But audience members sitting in the splash zone will play to win amazing prizes like a boppet and a Panasonic boombox. And they'll also be going home chewing hubba bubba. So they totally brought the bubble gum and everything. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I I wonder if there's any video of that show anywhere. That would be wild. Oh, uh, oh burlesque. Outstanding. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely a favorite in our house. It was just bonkers and fun. Yeah, it's a good one. One more song that sounds like every other song RFR plays. Weird. I didn't mention before um, when we introduced Kim, she's in a pink sweater vest over a white collared sleeveless shirt. So stylish. So professional. Also a Sammy outfit. Yeah, it's extremely preppy. Sammy was like this perfect anomaly of like incredibly preppy clothes while being like the biggest My Chemical Romance stan. I know. I was just thinking that. Like, I feel like I was an inner goth emo kid, but outside, I was just a prep. When will my reflection <laughs> So Kim and Robbie are still bickering away while RFR plays. Travis brings up the next item for auction. It is a t-shirt from the TV series Donnie and the Dragon, which is like apparently a, a favorite kids show in the RFR universe. My name's Donnie, and I'm not bragging, but my best pal is an eight-foot dragon. You watched Donnie and the Dragon? And we find out that it was Kim and Robbie's favorite show, so we get them bonding for the first time over really liking this this goofy kids show. But then, of course, they find a way to bicker about it because they all both had a different favorite character. <laughs> Also, I love, I just love all the work that they do to universe build in this show. Like, they recorded this very, like, cute little retro-sounding theme song for this fake show that exists in the world. <laughs> they made a real nice t-shirt to fit yeah. in. Yeah! Can you imagine being able to buy that t-shirt? Oh my gosh. But, like, the, the props department and, like, well, yeah, largely the props department in this show. Yeah. Making stuff like that. Making the posters, like... All, all of the effort that goes into the show is great. Robbie and Kim both call into the show, but Kim's gone over her cell phone plan, so she can't make it through to the station, and Robbie wins the shirt. Can't you be nice? Nice? What do you know about being nice? You're the meanest person I know. You're Kim Carlisle, the queen of mean. It's no wonder you relate to a fire-breathing dragon. And then Robbie and Kim get into an argument about the shirt, and Robbie makes Kim cry. <laughs> just this little moment of like you just see like kim's like lip tremble and her eyes like tear up and you're like "Uh oh 
Look, Kim, I didn't mean those things I said. Robbie basically comes over to try and comfort Kim and tell her that, you know, he didn't mean what he said when he was calling her mean and stuff. And Kim kind of opens up to him about the fact that she feels like she doesn't really have any real friends because people just like call her about school council stuff and things like that. And and she feels a lot of pressure from her dad to be yeah. perfect and super involved in school and really focused on that. And she's missed out on having like friends and the like fun mm-hmm. side of the school experience. I don't even know what my private side is anymore. Well, it's hard to know your private side when you're so ambitious. So the conversation continues on with Kim being kind of open and vulnerable and like them having a real conversation for the first time and Robbie trying to like build her up because she's obviously being like real hard on herself for like not having real friends. And he's, like, listing off, like, all of her, like, good qualities. And he says she's really pretty. Yeah. And they lead in and they kiss. They kiss. Robbie and Kim kiss. And then we get a very classic but um bump moment where Mickey walks in and asks, how are you kids making out? <laughs> very, very classic little sitcom moment. But, yeah. oh, the oh, enemies. The enemies become frenemies. With friends? Frenemies with benefit enemies. Have you ever gotten an awesome test score and your mom's just like, what happened to the other five percent? <laughs> totally. Only it's like my dad who's like, how are you going to turn that B into a BA? Post-kiss, Robbie and Kim are getting along really well, um, chatting it up and just having like a nice conversation, during which Robbie decides that he wants Kim to have the shirt, the Donnie and the Dragon shirt that he won in the auction. And she like, holds his hand it's like you would do that for me and he like gives her like doofy like crush <laughs> smile like very yeah. goofy. oh robbie so like calls him to the station which like if the shirt was going to him he, why couldn't he just give it to her afterwards why well, gotta call into the station because he doesn't want to pay for it <laughs> sick sick prank yeah no you have to yeah. pay for a shirt yeah. um but he calls into the station travis is like pissed he's so mad that was robbie on the phone now apparently he was bitter 12 and now he wants the t-shirt to go to bitter 11 now i don't know what has gotten into you people but i mean no one no one from rfr is bidding on anything understand (laughs) it's so great i don't know why he's so angry he's so angry he's they're gonna be making the money either way yeah it's fine the, the the way that everybody flip flops on the station's code of ethics is very great. <laughs> oh my goodness! Post phone call, um, Robbie tells Kim that she's getting the shirt. After which, um, Kim kind of drops everything and pretends like it was all an act. He said, "No one ever calls you just to hang out." Oh, that! I just said that so you feel sorry for me. Give me the shirt. He doesn't buy it. He he thinks that she's just too scared to admit that they had a genuine moment. She gets a phone call. She fakes that it's like from a friend. It's from her dad who's like there to check in. And we see that it's it's true that she was um, having a moment with Robbie. And she's really, you know, just getting a lot of pressure from her dad. And She actually is lonely. She's a lonely she little kid. doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to, you know... Peel back some of the layers of Kim. She's not just this one-sided villain character. And then we pop back to the auction as it's wrapping up. At the end of the auction, we see Travis trying to auction off this little jade vase 
Uh, Lily looks at it and realizes that it was made in occupied Japan, which makes it like incredibly valuable, like a very important collector's item. Travis is instantly interested. Lily and Ray call him out for, you know, being being, a hypocrite. for being a hypocrite um, <laughs> because that's against the rules of Buddhism. Um, but Travis makes a bid. Ray and Lily fight him over it and the vase ends up getting knocked down and destroyed and thus ends the auction. Going once, going twice, and... And gone. Robbie comes into the station to meet up with the gang and is kind of confused from his whole night about seeing Kim in this this new light, but equally confused about her stance on things after she tried to play it all off as a scheme. Mm-hmm. And then the gang decides to go get a pizza, which like, okay, this auction started at eight. It's probably like nine o'clock now. At least. These, these, Late night pizza. These little teens. Yeah. They're so small. What are, they, what are you doing out at nine? Where are your parents? I can't remember if I was allowed out past nine <laughs> at that age. I mean, you know, the only times I really went out when I was uh, that age was just to aimlessly wander around the neighborhood with my friends. But Oh, um, yeah. But like going out and buying a pizza, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. No, 100%. These independent, very Euro teenagers. I don't know. Maybe we were just simple teens who yeah. knew not of pizza. Knew not of pizza or having a robust social life. Definitely didn't have a cool hangout like Mickey's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're going to like 7-Eleven a lot with friends. Yeah, where's the convenience store that these kids are hanging out in? What's this chic coffee house business? And don't forget, next Thursday is student bowling night. (laughs) Rumor has it Principal Waller has a new pair of bowling shoes to show off. So the final scene of the episode, we're in school the next day. Kim is doing her usual Cougar Radio broadcast. And Robbie walks up to his locker to see a gift bag on the front of it containing the t-shirt. And Robbie's locker is conveniently right in front of the Cougar Radio booth. Yes. Um, and she she looks at him through uh, the glass while giving her broadcast and says, just because I'm a dragon doesn't mean I can't change, which was a little catchphrase in the show. And it's very sweet. They have meaningful eye contact. Yes. And then Robbie does a little happy dance from the show down the hall. To which nobody reacts. Yeah. Just this kid just like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like it's, it's like this big hop. like little like leap. Yes, it's like one step away from like jumping and clicking his heels together, <laughs> and nobody reacts to it. I'm like, you gotta give him something. It honestly makes me think of the time that I was walking down the halls in university, uh, getting ready to go to a meeting of our comedy club, and I thought I heard folks from the comedy club coming around the corner so i did this goofy little soft shoe shuffle thing around the corner and then it wasn't them so i had to do like this like i did like this stumbly thing as if i had been like tripping or something (laughs) (laughs) and entirely not like dancing into frame oh when in doubt just pretend that you're tripping yeah just pretend you're about to fall over because aren't we all My name's Donnie, and I'm not bragging, but my best pal is an eight-foot dragon. Popping over to Mickey's Discs, songs featured in this episode include The Kelly Affair by Go Robot Go, Midnight by The Getaway, Not the Same by Knacker, You and I by Blue Pocket, Trouble by Coldplay, and Short Skirt Long Jacket by Cake. Ah, I love that song. It definitely wasn't in the Canadian run, though, that Cake song. Yeah. 
I liked the song You and I by Blue Pocket, which plays while Kim and Robbie are getting ready to bid on the shirt. It's just kind of a nice little chill song. Um, again, this is a super obscure band I couldn't really find anything about. <laughs> I found one of their songs on the Bandcamp page for something called Paper Heart Music. It's a Belgian indie pop label that's existed since the year 2000. <laughs> And yeah, that's that's kind of all I could find on them. But I figured this might be a fun time to talk about music supervision in general. And honestly, the composition, because it turns out everyone, Ron Proulx, Chris Robinson, John O'Grant, all worked for Arpix. Arpix is a company that still ex- very much exists today. And they do supervision, licensing, and composing for a lot of different TV shows and movies, including... Oh. Murdoch Mystery. Oh, hell yeah. And we got Heartland and Flashpoint. And let's see, Girl Stuff, Boy Stuff. And don't forget the boy stuff. Naturally, Sadie, Dark Oracle, In a Heartbeat. A lot of Canadian heavy hitters. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Life with Derek and its TV film counterpart, Vacation with Derek. They, They did that? Yeah, they did. Oh, friends (laughs) no (laughs) that was a choice so that is episode 14 of rfr count on me really fun episode for developing a bit more of kim's character and the very beginnings of a robbie and kim flirtation Ooh! Uh, if you're not already you can follow us on social media you can find us at podcast free roscoe on facebook and instagram or pod free roscoe on twitter also you can send us a note at podcast free roscoe at gmail.com so for now this is podcast free roscoe signing off (laughs) 